Hello, welcome back to season two of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast. My name is Jennifer Apple, and if you cannot hear it in my voice, I am so pumped and ready for what we have in store for you in this coming season. We here at EAC took a much-needed hiatus after 42 episodes, and I hope that you too are welcoming in this new year, this new season, with a sense of grounding, a sense of rest, a sense of purpose, or perhaps you haven't found any of those things, and that's totally, totally okay. And maybe that's exactly why you are tuning in today. With that said, I am so excited to introduce our first guest for season two, Carrie Renee Fuller, who I did title of show with back summer of 2021 at the Brooklyn Navy Yards. And the reason I wanted to have Carrie on as our first guest back is because Carrie's career thus far has been incredibly nonlinear, and it is the perfect reminder that there is no one right way to do this whole thing. It is just what is right for you. We unpack what it means to call something a career, the importance of taking purposeful rests and breaks, as well as learning to lean on others for support. We also talk about cultivating trust, resilience, and a safety net, and Carrie reflects so openly about her two-year journey into booking Six, the musical, as well as Waitress and Jagged Little Pill, going on tour with Cats, and this next chapter of writing and recording of her own music. So without further ado, enjoy. Carrie Renee Fuller. Look at you in your little like ambiance filled candlelit environment. I actually moved this candle because I was like, I am missing something. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a rogue candle on the, yes. on the, on the, the shelf. Yeah. Come on. You should be very familiar with candles and windows. <laughs> I am. I am. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. Um, hi, love. Um, I'm so excited for you to be here. But before we jump on in for like how we got to know each other and who you are and all that, who are you today? Today, I am fun employed, I suppose. Okay. Um, I just finished um, my second contract with Six the Musical on Broadway. Um, and now I am, you know, I've done various other things prior, um, but this was my most recent journey. I'm currently um, in an acting program trying to, you know, not be shit. And then uh, writing my own music, I've been really trying, which is a very vulnerable and terrifying thing to do, but so worth it at the end of the day. Um, so I've been doing a lot of that and uh, seeing very open to what is going to happen next. Yeah. And I have no idea what that is. <laughs> None of us do. I mean, if, if we did, that would be a very different life that we would lead if we all had crystal balls and like actually Wouldn't knew. that be amazing? Actually, you know, that would probably suck a little. Yeah. That's the thing. I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel about it, honestly. Like part of me is really curious about it. And then it's like if you knew the way that everything would go, then you wouldn't actually be present for any of it. You wouldn't try as hard. Exactly. It's it just – I mean, arguably, I wouldn't have like met you if that were the case. <laughs> exactly, and then we would have never kissed. Truly. So, context-wise, <laughs> Carrie and this I. This is a great segue. Actually. I'm obsessed. Yeah. Carrie and I did a production of Title of Show, um, with uh, Max Hunter and Josh Daniels. We were one of the first shows that came back, I guess, quote unquote, post-pandemic in summer oh. 2021. Um, 
uh, at the Brooklyn Navy Yards. And uh, you were my Heidi to my Susan, and I was your Susan yes. to your Heidi, and we got to swap swap liquids from our mouths. Exactly. Don't worry, we were tested. We were. We were. That testing. was like prime time testing. Oh my god, it was wild. But I, <laughs> I mean, I talk about this all the time that I, I literally received an email from Max, who is the director and producer, and also was in it with us, and um like offering for me to like do suits. He's like, I found you and I think you'd be great. And he, he like threw your name into the mix as like the, as it's like to make it sound like it was legit being like, we're doing it. With, <laughs> <laughs> you laugh, but it's real. And honestly, that was so the only funny. thing that didn't make me delete the email. I was like, oh yeah, well, if Carrie Renee Fuller is doing it, then like clearly, you know, somebody real. The memory chick. <laughs> well, not only that, but because, yeah, I mean, I knew you from Cats because a friend of mine was also on tour with you. I mean, it just like the world gets yeah. really small. But if he hadn't literally name dropped you, I would have been like, this is going into spam. Exactly. I totally get it. Yeah. He's Max Hunter anyways, you know. <laughs> Max, when you listen to this, because you will, we love you. Um, so we yeah. did title the show together. It was a totally wild experience. And since then, you have been on this wild journey which I'd love to hear more about. We can start with six and then like maybe go backwards um, if you're Great. cool with that. But you have yeah. had such an interesting non-linear journey with most of your career mm -hmm. and more specifically with six. And I would love to hear how that all began for you like timeline wise and we can go from there. Yeah. It's so interesting. Like hearing it called a career because to because to me like you know being involved in you know every aspect of my own life um is that how that works like you're involved in your own life apparently <laughs> um i i've never really thought of myself as like having a career i've i've always thought of it as doing a series being involved in a series of like cool and weird things and why is that? Why don't so you very, why don't you refer I mean there's neither here nor there about like whether it's good or bad, but why have you never thought right. about it like that? It's it's funny because this is really the first time I think I have really thought about that. Like with me in asking this you moment, this little in this moment. moment right now cuz like I've heard like you in the acting world you or really in any world you hear career, 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 this person's career and it is very interesting in the context of yourself really thinking about, do I actually picture what I have done mm. as a career? Because it, like you said, it's so nonlinear. And typically when you think of careers, it's like, oh, you know, they've been a dentist how, with their own practice for their dental career for yeah. you know 20 plus years. So it's interesting because, you know, it's been 20 plus years for me as well, but it's been so fractured and I've done so many different things in the middle of all of the things that have are you know determined my career right um so yeah that's a very interesting thought that i literally just had in this moment amazing um, can't wait to think about that more <laughs> you're welcome i guess <laughs> <laughs> that's good it's good um so yeah with six seeing as that's like the most recent thing um it was such a strange not strange because strange makes it sound like a negative connotation but it was so odd Mm -hmm. because I had my very first audition for it. I had, I remember being on the subway car on my way to rehearsal for cats. Okay. This is like in December of 2018. Right. And we're rehearsing at new 42 and you know, new mu music Fridays pops up and it's like six, the musical. And I was like, 
you know, I, at this point in time, I was still like, oh, like mu musicals are cute, you know, at this point in time. I mean, I was, I would have felt very hypocritical on my way to cats rehearsal. Yeah. I was like, musicals weren't right. I was like, of um, all the musicals to think. Of all musicals too. <laughs> to be cats. Like, yeah. I mean, let's be clear. Cool. Let's, let's, yeah. let's... <laughs> wow. Um, but I, I was like, wow, they really will write a musical about anything these days. They really will. And um, I was very hesitant going into it because in college, one of my main uh, interests was European history. Mm. Um, and so I obviously had studied the six wives of Henry VIII multiple times over. Um, and so I was like, but I listened to it and I was like, oh, oh, this music is good. This is good music. Like somehow they've managed to make music theater sound poppy enough to where I don't think that I'm listening to music theater 100%. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that would be a really cool thing to be involved in. You know, this was the West End recording that one day. Um, so I just go on about my cat's journey, you know, dressing up as a cat eight times a week and singing memory. <laughs> we'll unpack that after this, but we'll yeah. We'll unpack it. <laughs> and then, and then um, I'm at the very end of my cat's journey, actually, and I get an audition for six. And this Timeline is in, wine, when is this? Yeah. This is a year later. So like I've been, I'm in Toronto um, around Christmas time of 2019. Okay. So I'm at the end of my contract because uh, we set out at the very beginning of January of that year. So I get an audition and they're like, here's the, they broke it down, um, not necessarily character traits, but more like singing qualities, like vocal qualities and like celebrity, not celebrity, um, pop star inspirations. And I was obviously submitted for Seymour and you know me, I can sing a ballad um not only can you sing a ballad you could shred <laughs> a ballad I mean you're vocal I mean short yep mm -hmm. to shreds <laughs> literal shreds um, and so I I they were like don't sing from the show sing a, an actual pop song so I was like great I sang you don't really know me by Jesse J and I had had actually one of the local guitarists in Toronto uh from our pit play for me because you had to do this via self-tape because you were still on tour mm -hmm via self-tape pre-pandemic um, self-tape mm -hmm. pre-pandemic self-tape so it was like when self-tapes were still you know there was a little optimism surrounding the self-tape now it's just pure dread um <laughs> so i <laughs> i submitted that and i got amazing feedback um but and then i got a call back they're like sing actual material and so i sang heart of stone and submitted it um but then i i didn't hear anything back from that and so what, you got you got a callback or you didn't I did get a callback but I didn't hear anything after that um and so I was like okay whatever ship has sailed they're probably going with celebrities anyways did you have to come into New York for the callback no that was still taped because I was still on the road for uh, okay for cats it was just it was right before I left um and so I get back didn't really hear anything um but then this was for the Broadway, this was like for the Broadway uh, round. But when we were in Chicago earlier that year, they were doing their their Chicago sit down. Got it. So I was kind of like in the, we were like around the corner from the theater, from their theater. So I was like exposed to the world. And I was like, oh, that's that musical that I thought was like kind of stupid, but then turned out being pretty cool. Um, so then I got the audition for it, then call back. Um, and then life went on for a couple months. Um, and 
all of a sudden I got like, hey, will you will you do a work session? And this Zoom. was now in the pandemic or we're still right before so, pandemic? Still right before pandemic because okay. this was um, this was probably February. Wow. Very, very beginning of March. And when I tell you like beginning of the pandemic, like moments before the ball dropped. Yeah. And um, so I did a work session just over Zoom. Um, and then with I whom? continued. Who were you with? Um, with the uh, the Broadway resident director, right. essentially, um, or the associate director. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did that work session, thought it went very well. I They kind of, the pandemic then hit. So obviously they wanted to keep working because at this point in time, we didn't know what was going to come yeah. of being shut down we didn't know how long it was going to last they're like let's keep the ball rolling um because we never know like when we'll be able to come back and be in rooms again were you also were you going in for at this point like a specific were you it was always seymour okay always seymour um and so it was only ever heart of stone in the monologue prior to heart of stone and then everything really shut down so at this point in time i've i've sent in self-tapes or i've had a session about five or six Sessions. All virtual. All virtual. Over the course of how long? Over the course of like three, four months. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so then pandemic. And then I just start then in the fall of twenty twenty one, right? Yeah, twenty twenty one, they started doing auditions again. Um, send another self tape in, um, just to refresh. And then they started having dance calls and work sessions. And at this point, and I'm called in every time getting callbacks every single time. And at this point in time, like I know these combinations, like the back of my hand. Um, so by the time I learned that I did not book the, cause in the fall it transitioned instead of Broadway because they had cast the Broadway company. This was for the Aragon tour. And when, by the time I found out, I believe it was like November, 2021 that I did not book the tour. Um, I remember because my boyfriend and I were upstate for Thanksgiving. And I do have to say, being upstate in the snow and nature really lessened the blow. <laughs> You're like, look it how lessened- beautiful it is. Well, this is so, I'm <laughs> crying into my like tears yeah. streaming into the hot tub. Yeah. I'm just like, but this is also so nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're smelling the trees. Exactly. Yeah. You just, you're like bloated from turkey. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. It's all about balance. Yeah. Um, and so I was disappointed. I definitely was disappointed because I really thought that I had something cool to bring to it. Um, also, because at this point, you've literally been involved like in- Like 15 times. 15, 16 yeah. times. Over the course of, I guess, two years. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Pretty much from the end of 2020 to um, the fall of 2021. Yeah. I really- Well, sorry, you said end of 2019. Yeah. 2019. I lost yeah. an entire year. Years. Um mm-hmm. So I, uh, yeah, I was disappointed to say the least. However, um, I just go on my life because that's all you can do. And so I was like, okay, guys, my savings is gone. Like the pandemic sucked it all up. And so I was looking for a, a survival job and I was like, let me, let me be a trainer again. My, my intro to New York was very like, I'm a trainer. This is how I'm going to make money. I need a free gym membership. Let's yeah. go. And so I, I got a job as a trainer at F45 and literally my fourth day into work, I had just gotten home from the morning shift. This is in February. Um, 
they were like, hey, um, can you come play Seymour for like 13 weeks at least? Can you start rehearsal tomorrow? And I was like, I'm on the road, like what? And there's no Broadway, but Broadway. Abby needed to go on a medical leave. And so I just hopped right in. And the ironic thing about it is that I rehearsed with the, uh, the Aragon tour when they were rehearsing. So I'm like going in, mind you, this, this process was also crazy because I'm going in, like I get the call and I go on stage in two weeks. I also just want to like pause for a moment before we get further down into this, how, again, to recap your journey, you've gone in (sighs) over 15 times over the course of two years for Broadway and tour. And this time the call that you get isn't, Hey, here's a runway. It was you don't even need to send us a tomorrow. thing. You are coming in tomorrow come. for yeah. this is your official Broadway debut. Um, well, my fr- my principal debut because I did Waitress in 2018 with, at the same theater. You know, we yep. don't need to touch on Waitress very much, but like it was very nice to be back in the same theater. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yep. yeah, literally they were like, just show up tomorrow. And I was like, um, okay. And I texted my boss and I was like, luckily they're Broadway fans. And I was like, hey. I know you just hired me. Um, however, I can't work here anymore. <laughs> and I'll get you some. I'll get you standing room tickets at some point. Yeah, Thank come, you for understanding. Come see the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that I started. Um, I rehearsed in the both Joy and I. She replaced um, Anna as Par, and we both went in at the same time. And we rehearsed in the back of the room um, while the tour gals were all rehearsing. And I was like, they had like four or five weeks to learn this show. And we have two weeks until we're just thrust mm-hmm. into the abyss. Um, luckily, it's only a 90-minute musical. Um, but yeah, so I, I did that. It was amazing. My first my first uh, contract was definitely, um, felt like I was trying to prove a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Abbey, like in the Abbey subbing room, the, just the, not as a, yeah, in the, in the medical leave right. contract, um, because I was like, I only have a limited time here. Um, I really want to make my mark. I just put a lot of pressure on myself and didn't allow myself to fully fall into what it could have been. You know, I was resistant because I felt like I needed to prove aspects of, you know, I'm a good actress. I can make this sound better or I can make this like look like real acting or whatever bullshit mm-hmm. I lied to myself about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And was that, ex- was that something that you were feeling externally from like external pressure of people being like, oh, you're in six now. You are here because Abby is not here. Like, was it that or was it you just wanting to really prove to? I think it was more myself. Yeah. I think that myself and I think it was a lot about as embarrassing as it is, like about validation. Yeah. It's um, not embarrassing. It's real. I mean, that's what I want to talk to you about. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think a lot of my career my career has been about validation, which is why I've allowed myself to make certain choices about what I have and have not been a part of. Um, Are you saying that if you didn't crave the validation, you might not have chosen some of the projects that you've been a part of? Yeah. Or I I wouldn't have auditioned for certain projects Mm -hmm. that just didn't align with what I wanted to put into my, um, being mm-hmm. and the world and my um, career. I, I'm very proud of, of, of what I've been able to achieve. However, 
moving forward, this, this contract, the first one in particular taught me a lot about myself. Um, it, it, and it, it gave me like, you know, kind of sort of like a set of balls to be like, okay, like, let's really like, look at what you want. Like, what do I actually want from a career versus what do I feel like I deserve? Mm. Because I think coming from the mentality of like, oh, I'm just grateful to be here. Like there's so many people that would want to be in my shoes. Um, you sell yourself a little short. Um, and that's kind of where I've operated from a lot of my life. And so having the opportunity to reassess that was very valuable. Was there something in this particular contract, like there like a light bulb moment that made you realize like, oh, I've been operating this way for a while. Let's see if I want to recalibrate or what about it made that shift? I felt it a little when I did cats in certain places. Um, but I, I think that it was realizing what I had to offer and that what I had to offer was unique mm -hmm. and um, that only I, I, I could do that. Like I can only sing Heart of Stone like the way that I sang it. Correct. And heart of like, I, you know, nobody else's version is going to be that version, just like nobody else's version is going to be Abby's or, mm -hmm. you know, whoever. Um, and I think that owning that was taking ownership about what I had to offer and be like, no, I, I deserve to be here. Yay. Was, was big. And so like, I didn't, I feel like I, I just kind of got into that at the end, um, and so I felt like it was a little squandered, mm. the first contract. And, but you know, I was like, lesson learned. Okay, lesson learned. I go away for the summer because my, you know, my contract was up. Um, and then I return. I think that I got the offer to return back to the show to take over Abby's contract right before we left for Malta. And so it was very nice to be able to go away and know that I was coming back to something. Mm -hmm. um, however, life drastically changed over that summer because I really, like, for the first time, wrote my own music and sang my own music. Mm. And there is nothing quite like that because when I do solo shows, there's just a visceral difference between when I sing covers of songs and when I sing my own songs because yeah. they're of me. Right. Um, and I've put everything that I had and have into them. Was there something during that summer Malta trip that you were like, now is the time for me to start writing music as a dedicated practice? Or why then was that the time where you really threw yourself into it? Well, I um, – I am a master procrastinator I find. because obviously nobody can write my music for me. Right. Yeah, of course. And so this is the first time that I've not been held accountable to anybody else's schedules. Like if I need to learn a show, I learn the show in the amount of time that I, yeah. if I need to do a self tape, I learn the material in the time allocated. Um, however, the songs that I, I write don't get written until I sit down and write them. Yeah. And so I've learned, I learned a lot over the summer, how important it is to have accountability um, and how important it is to put yourself in uncomfortable situations and how uh, those are kind of the most fruitful circumstances that you can enter into and come out of the other end. And while it's very painful at times to, you know, put so much of your private sacred self into 
material for other people to listen to where they might not get it. They might not know where you're coming from. They might, when they sing along to the songs, they might have no idea what they're singing along to. Mm -hmm. Um, it's scary, but I do feel like I am, I, I am putting into the world music that I wished I had had to oh, listen yay. to. And yeah. so that's kind of, um, that's why. And so when I came back in the fall, to return to the stage and sing somebody else's words again, there was some, there was a void. Mm. There was some kind of void where I felt unfulfilled to a certain mm. degree, not because I wasn't so thrilled to be a part of the show again, not because I wasn't excited to play with my castmates on stage and discover mm -hmm. new things and like lean into it more where I didn't lean into it the first time around, um, have the opportunity to feel more comfortable being there. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I had staked my claim and like, I deserve to be here. Um, however, I did find myself being like very drained, um, and not writing my own stuff. Like after I finished writing Blood in the Water in Malta, I didn't write another song until like yesterday. Because it took so much out of you emotionally to get that out it of you? It took so much out of me to just sit down and be with myself. Because mm -hmm. I always had an excuse. I was like, oh, got to go to the yeah. show mm. or whatever. Like I was always waiting to like have inspiration as opposed to just sitting right. down and being like, no, just write something it can be a shitty song it's okay if it sucks just write something yeah, <laughs> yeah. but i i do think that uh writing is one of the more difficult things and this is just you know writing a song let alone like people that write entire novels or yeah. whatever like where they have to think wow. about multiple things um, yes so it was just perspective it was i think 2022 in general and mostly surrounding six because i had never really experienced anything like it, um, was just a year of perspective shifts and also coming out of a pandemic and being angry about it and wanting more and wanting other people to want more and feeling let down when they didn't. And, mm -hmm. but also realizing you can't hold other people accountable to your own standards. Like you have to do that for yourself. Um, yeah, yeah. I sound so like Eckhart Tolle, but like, <laughs> No, but that's the headspace that you're in right now. And I'm asking you to be present and honest about where you're at, you know, and I think it's, you know, you talking about this journey, I think is really important for people to hear because we see shows like Six, which is such a phenomena mm -hmm. about like, you know, oh my God, I want to be a part of that. I love this yeah. so much. There are these shows that come around that really become you know, huge parts of the musical theater canon and six is one yeah. of them now. And there are so many people who love this show so desperately and idolize the characters as well as the storylines, yeah. you know, and, but we're forgetting so often that there are people who are dedicating their lives to telling this story. This is their career, but it's also a part of their lives and to really put the humanity back into you know, these things that seem larger than life, I think is really important to just remember that not in the belittling of it, but like it is a job. Right. Still. It is. Yeah. You know, and there are days you want to go and there are days you don't want to go. And like, it's still never tinged with like, 
I don't understand that a lot of other people would want to be in my shoes right now. Like there's a lot of guilt involved. I think I felt a lot of guilt the second time around because I was like, why am I struggling so much with this? Um, Mm. With which part? With um, showing up and being present. And Mm. like, because that's something that I, if you're not doing that on stage, what are you doing? And I would sense myself. I would sense myself falling short of that. And I would be very disappointed. Did you feel that while you were in Cats? Not as much because Cats was so on and off. I was like, so I would sing a song. I would go off stage. I would come back for like a Mm -hmm. little dancey dance moment. And then I would come back at the end of act one. So I was only in like three numbers as Grizabella in the first act. And then two numbers in the second act, one of which being the greatest song in probably the entire music theater canon. Um, So that was different to me um, because it was part of Grizabella was she wasn't telling anybody else's story. You know, in six, you're Mm -hmm. on stage the entire time. You have to support people telling their own stories. And that's a beautiful thing about the show because you're on stage the whole time. It's so amazing to be clicked into that. It makes the show go by so fast. It creates good bonds within a cast as well. Um, Or it has the potential to create good bonds within a cast. Um, Yeah. And it's also exhausting because you have to be on for 90 minutes. Exactly. And you have to be on. And so I would, when I would sense myself doing anything short of, um, giving everything I had, I would, I would feel very disappointed in myself. And then I would be like, that would infiltrate into the next day going into work into the next Mm. show, because I'm like, okay, I've got to be better than last night, or I've got to be better than this matinee Mm. because you know, there are people that this means a lot to in the audience. And I, I want the bond between the actors on stage and the audience to be revived again. I feel like there's, it's been separated as of late. And what I loved about six is that it it did enable that to happen Mm. again, or it it was the, it was the possibility, there was a possibility of that again. Yeah. Well, with your going into this second Broadway contract that was now yours, you were not, you know, there for a medical leave. It was your role that you had. Mm -hmm. Besides, obviously, the fact that at times it was really hard to feel present or at times you were feeling like there was an emptiness given, you know, maybe the fact that you've just given so much of yourself to your own music. Yeah. How was this experience for you overall? Overall, I absolutely am so, so grateful for it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, it's, influenced greatly how I want to move on with my career. May I ask what that is? Yeah. I mean, I think that the best thing about six is that it's good. Mm -hmm. It's just good. It's good music. It's a good vibe. The book is fun. Um, And there's a level of frivolity to it, but also like it can be deeper than that if you want to look at it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, However, it did, I, I looked outside a bit more at, uh, you know, what else is out there. And I was like, you know, I think as far as what I want to give my heart and soul to, I think I need to take a small little break from music theater. Um, not because I don't want to be involved in it, but because um, I, I want to care deeply deeply about what I am involved in next. Mm -hmm. And whatever that is, I have no idea what that is. I have no idea what it is. 
Um, it could be another musical, could be a play, could be my own music. It could be what literally whatever is dropped in the universe drops into my lap or I'm very open. Um, but I, it did, it did force me to look a bit at, you know, what do I say? Yes. What auditions do I say yes to? Mm-hmm. Because time, time is so valuable. Time is everything. And it's why I don't finish TV shows that I don't like anymore, or I don't finish books a anymore book. that I don't mm-hmm. like anymore. I'm like, I don't feel the need to push through this anymore yeah. because it is not worth my time. Yeah. At least my taste in my taste, it's not worth my time. Yeah. And that I think is, is currently the environment of, of most Broadway shows at the moment for me is that like, it's just a difference in taste. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't, it's not a statement or a judgment on any of the shows, on any of the performers. It's just like, I'll take my break now just because I need a break. (laughs) Yes. I need a break. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what comes of that. Yeah. No, I think, you know, we don't often talk about purposeful rest or the word break, right? Because there's this stigma around, well, if you break, if you take a break, then somehow you've lost your momentum or something. But, you know, arguably, when one clues into why one is taking that, if it's from a place of earnesty and um, vulnerability and truth, you will come back when you decide to in a way that is so much more fluid and stronger and and in alignment with really what you want to be doing rather than, you know, one foot is always kind of out the door because maybe you are literally very tired and you need an actual physical nap or like emotionally you've been in this rigmarole and you haven't had a second to calibrate about what it is that you really want or need. Absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. I mean, the the term like self-love has been thrown around for years now and I don't really know if you can actually define that. I think it's all very individual. Like talk about like, asking yourself why you need to take a break, like truly looking in and also acting, asking yourself why you're not taking a break. Yeah. Are you not taking a break because you're afraid that that will stop everything? Mm-hmm. Or like, are, are you not taking a break because, you know, it could be for, an, for anything. Yeah. yeah. I think the inverse of that is a question that I know I often don't ask. Like, why am I not? I don't do that as much. It's more like- yeah, It's that grind mentality, yeah. you know? It's like, that's what New York- tends to um promote is like you're not a real new yorker unless you are grind mentality Mm -hmm. like hustle Mm -hmm. or else why are you here like this is the city that never sleeps and i'm like oh but i need seven plus hours (laughs) of uninterrupted beautiful yeah (laughs) have you been using the same monologue for years and could use a new piece Are you applying to BA, BFA, or MFA programs and need a monologue for that process? Are you someone who simply has no idea where to search for monologues? Well, lucky for you, I do what is called monologue sourcing, in which I find monologues specifically chosen for you. So many artists use pieces based off external labeling for types and roles rather than find pieces sharing who they really are and what speaks to them. So we'll meet virtually together. You share who you are as a human, what you love, your dislikes, your values, beliefs, family, friends, love, politics, you name it. I will help guide you through this. And then I go off on my own and find you monologues chosen just for you that fit like a glove. 
I've been doing monologue sourcing for years as an extension of the coaching I do with artists, and I have found pieces in this way for over hundreds of artists thus far. So if you are someone who wants to feel empowered about the monologues you bring into rooms and use for auditions, I would love to help you find them. And because you are a dedicated listener of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast, I want to provide you with a custom link to an exclusive rate when you check out today. Head to empoweredartistcollective.com slash podcast promo to register. That's empoweredartistcollective.com slash podcast promo right now. I cannot wait to help you find monologues you absolutely adore. I'm curious if you mind just like going back a little bit, just kind of in this idea of like your career having been so not what people think it is when they see that you've been in shows. Same thing with like your cat's journey, with the waitress journey, with Jagged, Mm -hmm. Little Pill as well. Yeah. Like, I I mean, again, like I know these stories a bit more, but do you mind sharing just like every single one of these was not a traditional, I go in, I audition once and then I booked it. Right. Do you mind sharing? Yeah. Um, so Waitress was very similar to Cats. So Waitress, I, I had been involved in auditions for Waitress since I was still in college. So I was showcased, like my, I graduated in 2015 and um, I, during that spring, my spring graduating semester, um, I was sending in self-tapes. It's so funny to look back at those self-tapes because wow, what a drastically different performer I am. Um, of singing, I mean, I remember getting Sarah's demos in my inbox of like songs that don't even exist in the show now um and 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 submitting for that audition and that self-tape and um then being asked getting feedback i had never like i had never gotten feedback from a casting director um and then that was right about the time that i was also in auditions and final callbacks for the revival of les mis which I did not book, obviously. Um, but with Waitress, I was in a few times before I graduated. And then once I moved to the city, I was in a couple times. And then still nothing, still nothing. Was auditioning for the tour, was auditioning for Broadway again, was auditioning for da 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 Then, same thing with Six, was called to start rehearsal the next day for, you know, two months of a, of a show. Um, while we were putting in a new Jenna, they needed somebody to fill the ensemble position so Stephanie could move into Jenna's role. Um, so that was already like very untraditional, a, a very untraditional way to enter into a show. Um, and that was your Broadway debut. That was my Broadway debut in 2018. And then mm-hmm. I was away for two weeks. I finished that contract, was away for like one, two weeks. And then there was another cast member that needed uh, a leave of absence. And so I went into her role for the leave of absence. Um, And so it kind of set the precedent um, in my mind that I was only good enough to replace people. Mm. No, that was not the truth. It was just the circumstance. Um, So whereas when I was, you know, in college, when I was young, I, I was like, no, I, I, I am, I am so I'm special. And I, yeah. and I, you know, had this idea and then to have my reality kind of turned around and be, you know, replacement, like, uh, medical leave, uh, temporary replacement, uh, leave of absence. Um, and then 
Jagged Little Pill comes around, also only a limited contract, a vacation swing, which was the most terrifying thing. Um, I was only in rehearsals for three days and I was already overwhelmed. I was like, I could, I, I don't know that I could do this. And I don't know that mm. I want to do it, actually. Mm. Um, but I was of the mentality of like, oh, I just need to work. I want, I need a new thing. I got to pad the resume, you know, um, not working from a a place of intention at all. Um, I didn't start saying no to things until summer of 2020 was the first time that I was like, you know what, actually this doesn't align Mm -hmm. actually. And I, I don't know that I wouldn't. I don't know that I would have thought that had I not gotten permission to explore that part of my mind by people that loved me, Mm. you know, like, I don't know what decisions I would have made. Um, and I do think that it is all, I think it is all about mentality and where you place your worth. I know that sounds Mm -hmm. so cheesy, but it really, like, I, I did notice things start shifting something shifted as soon as I was like, you know what? I can see why this has merit. Let somebody else do it. Like, I'm sure there are people that would love to do it. I personally don't want to. And that is a good enough reason. Yeah. It is a good enough reason for you to be like, you know what? I don't want to do that. It does not fulfill me. Even if it's not a good enough reason, it's a reason. It's a reason. (laughs) You know, you don't have to give a qualifier to it. It's a reason. It's just, it's a very valid reason. Yeah. And, um, so, I mean, yeah, my agents were a little pissed at me, but you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. If that's the worst thing that happens to me, some people are mad at me every now and then. Okay. Charmed life. Yeah. Yeah. Then at least you get to go to sleep at night knowing that you are waking up yeah. full of intention in an ideal way that allows you to hopefully bring in opportunities where you get to show up. I think that's the yeah. thing where it's like if if one is operating under the understanding that you have to take everything and you need to do all these things because oh God, it has yeah. to come the way that it comes. And if I don't take it this way, then blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, again, as we started in the beginning, like we don't have a crystal ball about it, right? And no. it's like if you are excited as much as you possibly can be about the thing that is coming down the pipeline for you, then you're going to show up. You. Yeah. Not like a version of you that feels obligated to be there. It's a very different way of being present. Well, and it goes back to time. It's like my time is va- – everybody's time mm-hmm. is valuable. And they, there's, you know, people have been saying, you have the same amount of time in a day as Beyonce has and look how much she achieves. And I'm like, okay, it's not really a fair comparison, is it? Because- She probably has assistance and she has a lot of money that she could delegate other things. That and also people that are like guiding her. She has guidance, mm-hmm. like a lot of guidance. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's something that I have found to be over the past couple of years, massively important. I, when I was a little girl, I used to say, like, little girl, I used to say, Carrie, do it by herself. Like, I was. Like, out loud, you'd say this to yourself? Out loud. I was, if anybody tried to help me with anything, I was like, I do it by myself. Carrie, do it by herself. Third person, mind you. I was speaking about myself in third person. I was like, Carrie, do it by herself. And um, that's very cute. It's a very cute story. Um, But over the past couple of years, I have. realized I've always kind of thought I've I've it's always been in the back of my brain like no you need other people you do need other people um I didn't I don't think I realized how much Hmm. I needed other people until like the past couple of years because 
we're not meant to do it alone. And as much as I <laughs> would love to not be disappointed by people, you will be, but yeah. also sometimes you won't be. And that's nice. Mm -hmm. It's really nice. And it's nice to have people to talk to and, and be able to say things like, yeah, I mean, six wasn't all, you know, gummy drops and roses. It was, you know, hard in its own way. And be able to be heard and mm -hmm. give be given permission to like explore parts of yourself that maybe you're terrified of, but then somebody is like, no, you're safe. It's okay. You're safe. How did you find, or how are you finding those people and learning that those people are people with whom you can trust? I mean, I was thrust a massive lifeboat when I met my current boyfriend. Like I don't know if I would be writing music without him. I really don't. I've always wanted to, but I don't think that I would have actually done it because it's mm -hmm. like I talked about earlier, it's just scary. And I didn't know how. And I think when you don't know how to do something, there's this huge drive to like figure out how to do it. Like go to YouTube university, do whatever, do whatever. But like you forget that you're surrounded by resources and mm. putting yourself out there and being like, you know what, if I text this person about, you know, they're, they're really, I'm just giving a random example that if I right. text this person that, you know, has had, you know, a great producing career or whatever, um, they could very much say, I don't like your song enough to produce it. Mm -hmm. Come to me with the next one. And that's terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying. Um, so to have people around you that, I, you know, you, you sense energies in people, right? Like when I met you, I was like, oh, we're going to get along. She has a lot of energy, <laughs> but we are going to compliment each other well. Yeah. And we did. Yeah. And so it's like, I know that like, I could reach out to you and you would oh, hear yeah. me and vice versa, even though yeah. like, we don't hang out all the time, even though we're really shitty at connecting. <laughs> I do know that yeah. if I needed you, I couldn't, I, I would, but you're, it's, it's a rarity. I, I think it's rare. Yes. Um, That's why I ask it because yeah. it isn't something that I think comes very naturally to at least myself. I know it's like the curation of people that I know right. that even if I'm not maintaining on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis, that I know in my heart of hearts, I've worked very hard on, on being very present with cultivating mm -hmm. that safety net for when I need it. Yeah. It's hard though. And it's and law I of attraction. Have... It's, law, oh, yeah. it's law of attraction too. Like I, I so firmly believe even more and more every single day that what you put into the universe, you receive back. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just do believe that that doesn't mean I'm not going to have moments of weakness. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to be an utter bitch at times. <laughs> um, but it does mean that like, if I am trying to be the most honest and authentic person that's walking in integrity as much as I possibly can, even with my, uh, flaws, then mm -hmm. I will attract people who are also trying to do that. Yeah. Because it's just a, di it's, it's different. You, you don't have to know. I remember we were in Malta and we were walking on, um, we were walking on one of the bays and there was this girl reading. I still remember it. She was laying down on the bench and she had like a backpack that was like 
overflowing with books and like her reusable water bottle and she was just like laying there reading a book or like journaling something like that and i was like i do not have to meet this girl to know that we would get along yeah because you see that was a very obvious like common thread of like i love reading books i normally carry around five or six with me at any given time i love journaling like you know whatever like that's obvious but i do feel like there are less obvious ways that give you that same sensation. Yeah. And so um, just trust, I guess, which is yeah. extraordinarily difficult for me. But yeah, same. <laughs> but it's worth it. I, I think same. it's worth it. Same. Agreed. <laughs> so I'm told. <laughs> Agreed. As we wind down our time, is there anything that is on your heart that you wish that you had shared that I didn't ask? Or is there something that you wish you knew earlier in your career that you would like to impart? I mean, it's, I say it pretty much every time that I'm asked this question because I still struggle with it every single day, um, is comparison. Mm -hmm. Um, I, the, the things that go through my mind about myself on a regular basis, when I compare myself to other people are pure abuse. Mm -hmm. And So I am trying to figure out ways and trying to learn more about myself um, in order to hopefully sense that demon before it rears its ugly head and be like, you don't need to do that though. Because you really like, it is that simple. Like I do not need to compare myself to other people. Mm -hmm. It's not useful it's not inspiring either. Like there's a difference in in comparing yourself and being inspired by other people. Both can render a sense of jealousy, but one is useful and one is not. Mm -hmm. And so I um, am really trying to do the more in being inspired by people thing. Um, it's hard because I still Google people's ages. I'm like, oh, I, I, we just watched, I just, we just watched Hunger Games for the first time. I had, he had seen it, but I had never seen Hunger Games before. And I honestly can't (laughs) believe that. Um, but I, I was like, wow, Jennifer Lawrence, because I, I love, I think she's such a great actress and I've loved watching her career but this is like where yeah. it all began and i was like okay how old how old was she which is 2012 how old was she she's like i don't even remember 20 uh, no she's like 17 or something and i was like i just wanted to jump out of my window i was like <laughs> i'm 29 i don't know what i'm doing i'm in acting school like pretending that i'm an actress and like what am i doing however once i got out of that i was like oh it's not linear what a comforting thought and what also what a terrifying thought is that it's not linear it's both i think so Mm -hmm. um it's not really like advice or anything i don't i don't know how qualified i am to give advice but i definitely know that i'm not the only one that struggles with that and i think that it's always nice to know that you're not the only one that struggles with something yeah so just just me and j-law you know yeah i mean (laughs) many of us (laughs) Um, Thank you for taking us on this journey of um, sharing how truly nonlinear this career is and that when one views success to remember that there are so many 
factors that have led up to the thing that we see yeah. <laughs> and a mm-hmm. reminder of how resilient you are, but also how in order to be an artist in this field, career, mind you the word, or <laughs> industry, or just you know, to pursue something that is not linear, that is a creative part of yourself. It is a vulnerable part of who you are, a sharing of your inner parts of yourself. Like yeah. in order to do that for a long period of time, learning slowly and surely how to begin to feel comfortable with all of those things inside your brain that tell you you're not good enough. Right. Yeah, you know, those vampires, as we said. In oh, hey. Uh, hey, bring it all back. Oh, my God. <laughs> Literally. Um, you know, but to really start to to get as comfortable as possible with the fact that these things will continue to rear their heads. Yeah. They will. And hopefully as you keep growing as an individual, the way in which they manifest themselves in you will become a little less intense yeah. or you have other ways of navigating them or coping with them. But I'm really grateful that you shared in such a way because I I really think that we forget all of that or it could feel like we're isolated in our own experiences and that no one else is going through it, especially these people that we see on stages that we want to be on. We're just like, oh, you know, she's in six. She must have such a blast of a life. It's like – but that (laughs) spreads across. You're like, wow, it's not like that all the time. Yeah. And it's also nuanced. It can look yeah. that way and also. Yes. You know, it's this and that. Absolutely. You can hold multitudes at once. So um, I love you the most. I'm so grateful that you are in my life and that Same. we had that little bubble to like really come back to, I know. you know, learning what it was to re-enjoy theater, live theater yeah. after such a intensive shut down time and, and what a great little ditty to come back with you know if if nothing else we just really had a great time and i think oh i think God. a lot of people had a really good time that final show oh, yeah. though nothing will compare with us all piling onto that cannon i in the museum mind you what were we thinking unclear that was a max no respect. Thing. how dare he how dare he <laughs> i love you so much i will talk to you so soon thank you for having me oh my god thank you for being here I am so grateful to Carrie for being as open and vulnerable with me as she was on this episode because I really do believe that it is so important for all of us artists to hear the journeys of so many people we admire, of the people that we look up to, and just to really keep it real about what goes on behind the scenes that so many of us do not even know about that is the process towards the thing that we end up seeing. Now, if you liked this episode, please like, rate, follow, but most importantly, review us on Apple Podcasts. This is how we are able to continue making these episodes for you, the dear listener. If you did not like it, just let it all slide. If you have not yet done so, please follow us on Instagram at Empowered Artists Collective, on TikTok at Empower Artists Collective. You can find more on our website at empoweredartistcollective.com. If you are wanting to keep in touch with us and get on our mailing list, you can find that link in our show notes as well as a link for some merch. We got you there too. As always, I am so endlessly grateful that you keep on coming back and we will be back again next week. Until then.